is a place here at the table. Your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic, cause your waistband's gonna get tight. Take time. Hi guys, I'm Ari. And I'm Sophie, and you're listening to Having a Night. Reviving the lost art of the dinner party. Season 4, all about weddings. Hey guys, my name's Ari, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm a friend of Sophie's from grad school, and we do a (gasps) podcast together. (laughs) She's the Batman to my Robin. Yep. Peanut butter to my jelly. (laughs) when we were in the same when we were pledging the same sorority group (laughs) i just want to start this episode by saying by talking about like where did that whole for those of you who don't know me thing start like who was the first person to say that because it has become you hear it at least once a wedding oh absolutely it's it's ubiquitous but like as with every single subject we've talked about, I'm like, the sentiment behind that is actually really sweet, right? It's like, I, I'm scared to be up here giving a speech to a room full of people who don't know me, so I'm going to try to introduce myself. But can't you just introduce yourself without saying, for those of you who don't know me? Because I feel like it implies that some that some people do know me and the rest of you should know me. Yes, that's sort of true. <laughs> you know, just be like, hey, my name's Ari and I'm a friend of Sophie's from grad school. You don't have to be like, for those of you who have never met me before, um, shame on you. <laughs> yeah, there is I'm something great. that implies like, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> I am a one badass bitch and you you have been missing out. You have been missing out on all the nights of jello shots and I don't even know what what normal sorority girls do. That's how far removed I am from that world. What do they do? What do sorority girls do? What do they do on like a Saturday? Okay, if I were being PC, I would be like, all right, every sorority is different. Not every single sorority is all about drinking and getting dressed up. But as a maybe not so PC person, I would say, I don't know. I think it's like you have mixers with fraternities and you do your pledging. Okay, there is a version of like the legally blonde sorority where i'm like wow i would have had so much fun if i had been in a sorority like that of course because you'd be like oh, with all these brilliant actors okay true <laughs> what i mean is like okay you know you get dressed up every night everybody's yeah. borrowing each other's curling iron mm-hmm. now yeah. i feel like i'm suddenly having like it's like the male fantasy of like a sorority you know it's like and then we're having naked pillow fights <laughs> right right <laughs> we're so cute and we have stuffed animals on our beds you're little girls and women. In case our listeners can't tell, this episode is not going to actually be about sororities. This episode is all about the wedding speech. Wedding speeches. Wedding speeches. What is the difference between a speech and a toast? Is it a length thing? Oh, interesting. I think people probably prefer to use, definitely wedding planners probably prefer to use the word toast because a toast sounds celebratory, whereas a speech sounds declamatory. Uh-huh. So I think toast, you're right. Let's dis- let's discuss the wedding toast, not the wedding speech. Yeah. We hope it stays away from the speech territory and more in the toast territory. But 
I, I have so many opinions on this, but I've never given a wedding speech. Really? Yes. Which I too am shocked by. Wow. I'm, a, I'm very angry at the rest of your friends. Thank you. That's shocking. That means a lot to me. There are a few weddings where I'm like, you really should have had me speak, but that's okay. I don't hold any grudges. I know. I've been there when I'm like, you're having these guys speak and not me. People I don't even know that well. I'm like, I could have given you a better speech mm -hmm. than your friends. How many wedding speeches have you done? I think three. Chloe, which I read, you guys, it was unbelievable. I actually have something to say about that. I have like a oh, thought about you. the way that you structured it that I think is very useful. Oh, thank you. I have thoughts about it too and how what I would have done differently. I did my friend Chloe's. I did one of my friend Corey's wedding. And my friend Emily, I was maid of honor, so I did a speech at her wedding as, as well. Wow. 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 See, we've got, we've got an old wizened, wizened wedding guru over here. Right. You can't see me, but I am tossing my hair like a proud speech giver. <laughs> I, my thing has always been, I want to make people laugh while, you know, praising this person that I love. That has to be the yes. objective. I think for some reason there's the, been this trend towards the roast lately, which I think is inappropriate. Okay. But I have a lot to say about the making people laugh speech because not everyone is funny. Yeah. I mean, if you and can't I, make people laugh, don't. Right. And I think the problem is everybody thinks they have to be funny in some way. Yeah. And like, it's better, I think, for everyone to just accept the things that we are not and to not try to go there because, boy, that's that's tough. And then it's also like you're putting so much pressure on yourself to do something that doesn't actually feel natural. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like anything, though. I think there's a lack of preparation. If people honestly sat down for, you know, over the course of a few weeks, probably, or even months and just brainstormed like what do I love about this person and then you just start writing down different stories different sentences phrases whatever descriptions that come to mind and then suddenly you realize you can put a speech together where it's honest and maybe some funny things will come out of that but but approaching it from a this has to be comedic standpoint it just really obscures everything well it's totally that scene from wedding crashers where Rachel McAdams, mm -hmm. she's like, oh, haha, I have this funny speech. And Owen Wilson's character is like, oh, I wouldn't say any of that. And she tries her funny line and it falls flat. And then and he's like, speak from the heart, speak from the heart. God, guys, that movie, it's so good. I love Vince Vaughn so much. Me too. He's in this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. Oh, he's so good. God, he's, he's so, so good. He's There's so something good. about his delivery that is, it's, I mean, it cannot be captured. It's just so perfect. I know. I love him so much. Have you ever seen, what's his, that early? Um, swingers? Uh, yeah, Swingers. Oh, of course. That was like one of those movies, like a fight club that like in high school was just watched a lot. Yeah. Like if, we, if you were, I don't know, at somebody's house and like there was a lull, Somebody might turn on swingers. Oh, you know? cool. I love that. Um, but right. Okay. So the the roast slash humorous speech. Yeah, exactly. If you don't got it. Know your strengths. And that's tough for some people. But just like I said, if you are at a loss, just really give yourself time to think about why you love this person and the rest will just kind of follow. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that I think 
vulnerability to me also has a big place in a speech. Mm -hmm. And especially I think if, if you're not leaning into the funny, lean into the vulnerable because that is usually where the truth lies. Right. And then it's yeah. also like, it is a little scarier, which I think is good, but I am like, Oh, if somebody cries during a speech, I'm like, Oh my God, that was yes. And a lot of other people don't like when people cry in speeches. I love it. I live for it. You live for it. Oh my I God. I live for that cry. Mm. You'd like a Chris Gafari speech. Does he cry? Yeah. Oh my God. What the what? hell? My oh my God. Her computer. Guys, if you can't tell, we're in two different places. We're we're on the Zoom. First one of the season, I think. Okay, that was so weird. My AirPods Pro are nowhere to be found, and yet it just switched my audio from my Is someone else in the house? No, it said it switched to my AirPods Pro. Okay, I'm just going to bring them out so I can keep an eye on them and make sure they don't open like a clam, like a clam in heat. Oh, my God. You have uh, haunted AirPods. Also, sorry for our listeners. I'm recording on my computer right now. So if the sound is not as good as you're used to, my apologies. Um, okay, so Chris Gafari cries when he gives a speech? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah he's, he's kind of the master at that. He's really... <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very beautiful. Well, because it's like, oh, somebody went and they they took the time and took the risk to say something genuine. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a that's a two thumbs up in my book. That's right. Where do you want to go from here? Because I've got places we can go. Okay, you you go. You start. I have some thoughts about uh, I have so many thoughts. So you tell me. Well, I just want to say that the apparently the origin of not the origin, but the way that the speeches used to be in a traditional wedding was that like it would be the rehearsal dinner would be about the groom and the the wedding speeches or toasts would be for the bride and her and from her family. Oh, and, I mean, I don't believe in adhering to any rules or traditions, especially when it comes to weddings. But I do think um in a way that kind of sets the, the sets the tone. There are more people there, there, you know, from the rehearsal dinner to the wedding, there's more people and you don't, you want to, you don't want to offend. I think that the bride, the groomsmen, the groom's side, there's a more of a tendency to be a little like roasty and which is yeah. okay for a rehearsal dinner. But that whole thing I've found in the weddings I've been to lately has just taken over the tone of the, of all the wedding speeches. And then, you know, you've got people worried about what is so-and-so going to say, or they're going to offend my family. I can't tell you how many weddings I've been to last se last season where there was all this lead up drama about like, uh-oh, so-and-so speaking and they're, they're really going to offend the grandmother. And, and, you know, because at, at, um, at their wedding that the, the groom spoke and really offend, it's like a, Am I making sense? Yes, you're making perfect sense. And I'm making my quizzical face. In case you can tell, this is my quizzical face. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, why would you ask those people to speak then? Like, that, 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 this is a thing where I'm like, some people should not be asked to speak at weddings. Whether it's the person who you're worried is going to offend or the person who's so shy that they're like, I don't want to speak. Like, this makes me so nervous. Yeah, well, like my good friend Dana, who was at our mutual friend Callie's wedding, she is really doesn't like to to 
speak. I mean, she likes to speak to her friends, but she doesn't like to do public speaking. And she, Callie asked her to speak and she declined, but she did a reading instead. My sister won't decline to speak at, at my wedding. Yeah. And I think like, that's fine. fine. Totally. Because it's like, yes, I think the thing of being worried about being worried also, okay. So many thoughts being worried about a, somebody who is speaking as an audience member. There's nothing worse. Mm-hmm. Chris just yeah. what happened no I there's a loud sound there are apparently I'm in the I'm in the attic where I live <laughs> there are apparently like flying squirrels stuck in the ceiling what is a what is a flying I squirrel I don't know I think it's just a squirrel who like when they leap has like webbed arms yeah so like they can like just kind of like fly for a little bit longer yeah like coast down to the to the ground yeah I mean you know my number one dream is to put on a bat wing suit and like dive off a mountain. I don't Did think unfortunately that. I'll ever get there because I think it takes a lot of training and I'm prone well, to broken bones, but one of, one of Chris's best friends is like a big paraglider. Wow. Could, really? Yeah. It's insane. That's so cool. Yes. Anyways. Um, anyway. Okay. So yes, like uh, choosing people to speak who want to speak and who you think will give a good toast. But okay, don't you sometimes think that people choose like their funniest friend to speak yes. and then that fucking person uses it as an excuse to parade their stand-up routine. They're like tight five, yep. or like loose 15, Oof. like, oh my God. And if, it, if you're funny, you have to still make it about the couple. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Yep. Especially at the wedding. I think you can get away with it at a rehearsal dinner situation or even, you know, that's why Chris and I are trying to kind of create another event, another party where that has like more of an open mic vibe, a more silly vibe where, you know, our grandparents are not present. You know, our family, our extended family is not present where people can do that. But I don't want that happening at my actual wedding. Yes. And it's then it, it becomes more about the friends. It becomes like, well, so-and-so's got to speak because he's my funniest friend. He gives great speeches. But it's like, but maybe your wedding is not the place where you want him, you know. Well, I feel like this brings me to a question, which is how many and how many minutes? Oof. I don't. Okay. I think it depends on the size of the wedding. So let's say what your typical, like 175 person wedding. Yeah, sure. But that's interesting. You think it depends on the size because I'm like, it does. It just, no, it doesn't depend on size. If there's 400, what, you're supposed to have 12 people, but if it's 175, you only have three? I guess you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. How many more people are you subjecting to torture, you know? Yes. <laughs> I, and I want to get into that, what it's like to be sitting in the back when you can't hear the speech. Oh, yeah. Okay, but so, yes, let's say it's 175, the standard, the typical. Um, God, I don't know, because then it's like, are the speeches just at the top? Are we doing the weird thing where we're, like, giving us hearing a speech, dancing, eating a bit, hearing another speech, dance, you know, plates. Yeah. I think like, I want to hear from parents. Yeah. I want to hear from family. Um, maybe a few good friends at the, at the wedding. Yeah. I get nervous that most of the speeches are going to be bad. So I want less. If there's some kind of guarantee that the speeches are going to be good. I want them all. Right. If we're like at the White House Correspondence Dinner, yeah. bring them all. The problem is, right. We ain't. I mean, I'm sure that like if you were to go to, you know, 
like an SNL person's wedding. I'm sure all the speeches are incredible. But then, of course, you get into the thing that we were talking about last week with like, you know, Kendall Jenner being in that wedding. It's like Kendall Jenner and Bella Hadid. It's like the speech equivalent of that, right? Of like the person who's just the SNL cast member's actual friend, like giving an actual toast. And then the pressure of that. Ooh, ooh, no. Yeah, yeah. That could be rough. What what do you think is like the sweet spot in terms of duration? What do they tell people normally? I should know. I don't remember. Like five minutes? I think three minutes. I mean, okay. It's definitely five or less. At first I was like four to five people, eight minutes or less. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. People will No. No one rehearses. I mean, I do, but normal people don't. And it's usually way longer. Yeah. I, uh, I'm also, you have to know who needs to speak when, because it changes the energy. We went to this wedding um, not too long ago. And the person who gave the kind of last speech into the dancing was so great and so smart because he, oh my God, should I just like tell you guys what he did? Yes. yes. Oh my God. You just moved. Where are you? You're like okay. giving me. I'm sorry, guys. I had to horror move because I'm in Los Angeles right now. And I don't know how leaf blowers are actually even legal, like gas powered leaf blowers. They're so loud. So I'm trying to move to an area that's slightly quieter, but now I think it's going to be really boomy. So I'm really sorry, you guys just listen to Ari. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Anyway. okay um, I just took a screenshot. This is hilarious. Um, he did, uh, gave a great speech. Apparently he's a great musician. Um, And instead of, he did one of those things where he involved everyone and it was a big wedding. I think it was over like 250 people. And usually it's like, pull this thing up on, uh, or to, you know, look under your seat and there's music or whatever. And uh, people don't like that, but he was like, he, he basically, he wrote, he's like, I I changed lyrics to a song. Everyone knows if everyone could just take out your phone because everyone has their fucking phone. If it's that kind of wedding and go to, he made a website. Go to w, you know, www.blahblahblah.com. And it was just the, this, these lyrics he had written to uh, about the couple to Hey Jude. And then he started playing Hey Jude. And yeah. everyone, it was so sweet. It was really, and like, every, it's an easy song to sing. Everyone knows it. It was the last speech of the night. And then after that, it just like the band started playing and everyone was oh, dancing. It was really, God. really smart. Yeah. It's so thoughtful. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like getting teary just thinking about that. Cause it's so thoughtful. It's so kind. It's so creative. Yeah. Well, cause I was going to say like props and slideshows are a big no, no. Yeah. No. Oh my but God. Having a sing along is a big yes. Yes. Yeah. A, a big yes. Yes. Simple. All you need is your voice and some words there. I can't tell you how many venues I've um, visited where the the owner is like oh and then you know you can pull down the screen for projections and no no i do not want that guys anybody is listening like the screen slideshows and props they're off limits um words should be illustrating the point yes you know yeah and then somebody's gonna like but a picture's worth a thousand words man i mean so okay harry is convinced harry's like People want to like the speeches. So if you give them something to support, they're going to. Like people people are 
feeling positive at weddings. I so disagree. Like people are so judgmental. They're waiting for a disaster to happen. They're mm-hmm. waiting for the speeches to be over so they can all get together at a cocktail table and talk about who was good and who was bad. Right. And I particularly think, I think a lot of men think that women can't give good speeches. Yep. Which is such sexist bullshit. But I think it comes from that thing that we were doing at the beginning. Yeah. And we had talked about either on a previous episode or a chip hour. Yeah. About like, what is this weird? There's like this ubiquitous speech pattern for female speeches at weddings in particular. But it's like this pattern. I don't know. This tone, this vocal fry, this kind of sing songy. Remember that time when we were in high school? You know? The upspeak. Yeah, a lot of upspeak. I wrote down some tips of like how to deliver better. Well, oh she's God. on the move, folks. Give us, give us the tips. I'm, on the I'm not on the move. I'm just re re sitting. I think, you know, practice. Practice. And I know it sa- seems weird, but try to sound like yourself in a conversation and don't adopt any kind of sing songy speech givey. You know, just speak, yeah. just speak. And that means you have to practice. Yeah. I, I once, I was at a wedding of a friend's and her best friend was giving a speech and she called me before and she was like, Hey, can I just come over and do this speech for you a couple of times? Like, I really, I'm nervous and I want it to be good. And she came over and we did it. We did it like two or three times mm-hmm. and then she went up and she did it and it was fantastic. And it was like, she had, she'd gotten the nerves out. She had heard what it sounded like. It's just, it's like, why wouldn't you practice guys? Sorry. It is a fucking performance. And if you don't want to perform, then don't speak. Yeah. I'm like a performance <laughs> you know, like, doesn't I'm have. Like, Monica from cheer. I'm like, if you want to be on the mat, oh you have to show up every single day. Have you watched season two? <laughs> of course. I haven't. I only watched one episode. Oh my God. Oh, it's. It's good. It's way darker than season one. Yeah. I mean, as one one could predict. Um, okay, agreed. So practice, just speak. Yeah. Um, know how to hold a microphone. Uh, let me describe this for people who have never done it before. If you make like the the sign that like, oh, I'm on the telephone with like my middle fingers in the fist and my thumb and my pinky out, mm-hmm. that should be approximately the distance between your mouth and the microphone. I think people have no idea. They've never held a microphone until this moment. You know, some of them have maybe spoken at work or other circumstances where there's a podium. But if it's a handheld mic situation, I think it freaks people out. They don't know where to hold it. And then it be like you get weird sound things and then you lose audience members. Right. So also don't don't play. Don't expect the audience to be like with you laughing, clapping, nodding. I think sometimes there's these weird pauses where people are like, do you guys know what I mean? It's not that kind of event. It's, it's right. the lights are not dark. You don't have a spotlight on you. Like you cannot expect that kind of um, acknowledgement or feeling like, like when you are on a stage or yeah. just in front of people at work, you don't have everyone's undivided attention, but that's okay. Yeah. But that's a really good note. And I think that's a very hard thing for people to, it's really hard to understand that before you're there and you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's like you imagine performing and you imagine, of course, people laughing at the places where you would be laughing yeah. or quiet at the places that you would expect. But it's like, you're going to hear the clink of silverware. 
you're going to hear like a din of conversation, even though you're the one speaking. And that's a tough thing. That's like yeah. level 10 performing, you know? That's right. That's, that's dinner right. theater, baby. It is. And I also want to talk about that. Like, can we just abolish the this weird rule that there shall be no eating during speeches? I know it's sort of, well, but maybe that's why people like the roasty thing is because it kind of feels like a roast with your roast. You know, it's like, <laughs> like you're roasting and it kind of feels a little more like, oh, we're all doing this together and it's less precious. Yes. I like that. I, I just think if you're hungry, you should eat. You shouldn't feel like, oh, I need to sit and watch because oftentimes with these bigger weddings, you're way, you know, if you're like kind of on, in the, on the bubble in terms of the friend group, you're sitting way in the back. There's a column you can't even see, you can't even hear. You feel like you don't want to eat because you don't want to make noise. But then you're, I think uh, you are, if that's your wedding, you're inviting people to criticize. Right. You know, if you're just sitting there in silence and you're at a table with all your friends, you guys are looking at each other, rolling your eyes. I do not want to give any of Chris's weird friends the opportunity to like make fun of my dad, quite frankly. Oh you know? yeah, but your dad's the coolest. I know, but like people just always find a way or or anyone, just anyone. I don't want I don't want to give people that that opportunity. Wait, okay. I have something extremely random to say. Oh, yeah. okay. Hold on. Sorry. I was just looking at my Zoom cursor. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed that it's like a Mickey Mouse hand? Mine is it? Really? Just you're just floating around on Zoom? No, like my little hand, like my cursor. Oh, yeah, mine is now too. Isn't that weird? I feel like that come <laughs> it comes up all the time, but like I've never not just on Zoom. Right. Like I've never noticed that like that clicker cursor, it's like a weird Mickey Mouse hand. Yeah, it's an old school kind of like early computer thing. Wait, so also, what happens if I click on you? Oh, I have like yeah. options to mute and stop. Okay, so you don't want to give any of Chris's friends the opportunity to make fun of your dad. Or any of my friends to make fun of you. You know, I don't want to give anyone an opportunity to make fun of anyone else. But I also <laughs> think that's just part of the wedding, right? It's like part of yeah. speeches is that they're not all going to be perfect. And yeah. that's okay. And like yeah. letting the people who are excited about speaking, not like let them fail, but like, you know, I don't, I think we're all adults. Like you don't have to be so protective of other people, I guess. Yeah. I just want to keep the energy. I want to live in Harry's world where we're all supporting the speech and we're listening. And even if it's not that great, we're still listening because we know that that person is up there being vulnerable and speaking from their heart. But I just think because it is a performance, people judge it. Well, okay. So then what do you think about having, you said you think it's okay, it should be okay for people to eat, but it's like, then what if instead of doing that, there's just a speech section and it's like, before anybody's eating, it's like during cocktail hour Ooh. and we go rapid succession, we knock them all out. We do like the four or five speeches that are happening. I think that's it's what we did at Corey's. Because I'm like... I think if you've put concerted effort into your speech and you've chosen, you know, and the bride and the groom have chosen people who they're like, I really want this person to speak. Mm -hmm. And you want everybody to be paying attention. You yeah. know, and in yeah. a way, I think it's also like a better performing environment, of course, mm -hmm. like everybody's quiet. Everybody's actually paying attention and drink and like they feel OK to sip a drink. Right. Exactly. But it's not the like. 
MC being like, everybody, please quiet on down for the mother of the bride. And you're freaking out because you're like, oh, my God, are they going to take this plate, this tiny piece of beef away from me? Because (laughs) if I don't eat this, it's going to be trouble. Exactly. I don't know. I kind of think that's good. Is your is your preference like the peppering throughout? I have no idea. I mean, as you know, my wedding plans are just all up in the air. I think since my wedding now will be much smaller, we want it to just feel like there's not gonna be a mic. It'll probably just be like, you want to get up and say something more of like a toast. Right. Yeah. Oh, have you ever, what's like the most embarrassing or worst speech you've ever heard? God. Oh, I wish that I like had an answer off the top of my head. I've been thinking a lot about, um, certain speeches while we've been talking there was one where unfortunately a girl's vocal pattern was so consistent and insistent that i still think about it so ari's been my friend since school when i first met her i thought she was the coolest girl around later on we grew into friends in grad school i thought of her as my closest friend and it was so i it was I was having laughing attacks. It was so bizarre. And of course, then people are drunk, so they're more prone to laughing attacks. Right, right. That one was pretty bad. But I haven't been to one where it was like, the best man totally embarrassed the groom. What about you? I have been to some of those. But I I just want to mention one special, special speech that I had a laughing, major laughing attack at. It was at like a wedding celebration, not at the actual wedding. So the wedding because of COVID happened like micro COVID wedding, but then they still wanted to do a big celebration, which was like, you know, buffet style. They had a band, they had dancing. And then there was a section where they, there were some speeches, um, but the father of the bride wanted to kind of tell everyone who had not been, you know, the hundred people who had not been at the what had happened at the wedding, but the way, the way he did it, he wanted, he had copies of the groom's speech and the bride's speech. So instead he was like, so I'm just going to read some excerpts from their speeches. Well, instead of reading excerpts, and I think the best way to do that would be like, then Sophie said, blah, 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 blah. In his then talk. And then, oh, and then Harry, you know, had said something similar when he said, blah, blah, blah. But he basically took then all the narration out and, and just, straight up like read the groom's speech so it sounded or like the vows sorry they were the vows not the speeches oh so my it God. sounded like he was like in it just sounded so weird and like you know sophie you are the light of my life you're you know i am so in love with you i you are the best lover and friend. like oh if you had just walked in it sounded so wrong that really really got me going that is but okay i often feel that the people who have prepared the least i'm about to throw some men under the bus are the fucking fathers of the bride or groom it's the dads they have not prepared they i think they are big swinging dicks and they come in and just do something like that and it's like this is your son or your daughter's wedding like say something personal for once maybe hello run it by someone think about it first and don't just think like oh yeah i got this i'm gonna i paid for this party and i'm gonna speak for as long as i want exactly and it's like you so don't got this it's so no don't got this no you don't got this sure 
It's, it's really astonishing. Yeah. A speech like that. It's like, dude, what are you thinking? Like, and even if it, even if it, um, is good and goes on forever, there's a point where I'm like, you gotta, you gotta stop. Whenever I see a dad get up there without a sheet of paper, I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I just, when I see someone up there, I'm like, really, did you memorize it? Did you? Cause I don't think you did. I think you're speaking off the cuff and I'm, and we're all in danger here. Yes, we are definitely all in danger. No, I so agree. And of course, conversely, it's like the reason why those speeches suck is because that speech should be really special and really good. Like you're giving a speech mm -hmm. about someone who you've known since their infancy, who you're intimately related to. Like, couldn't mm -hmm. you just have a touch of vulnerability instead of thinking that you're very funny and that like, oh, yeah, I can pull this off off the cuff. Ugh, anyway, I mean, anyway, what I wanted to say about your speech at Chloe's so this is a wedding that I was not at, but Ari, our friend Callie said that Ari's speech was so incredible that I forced Ari to send me a copy of the speech. And it was That's so nice. good. And part of what I thought was so great about it is like, okay, so I think what you did is you you had a conceit, right? Yeah. It's like you had basically a theory that you were quote unquote proving throughout yes. the duration of the speech, which then of course allowed for a lot of funny stuff, vulnerability, like talking about this person in a very personal way. And I feel like the conceit, it's a very good way of structuring a speech. Yes. Because then it's like you actually have something that you're aiming towards. Right. And the audience like gets it. Although sometimes I'm like, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I had just spoken. And, and I don't know. I think sometimes it feels gimmicky. Yes, it can be. Well, that's the problem. You have to get on the right conceit. Yeah, the conceit has to match the like, uh, there needs to be a reason for it. It can't just be like, I'm gonna talk about all of Sophie's qualities that start with S. Sassy, has to be, sexy. It has to do with why you're up there. I did a similar thing for my friend Corey. People used to confuse us all the time um, in high school. So I just talked about like what it would have been like if I could actually be her because she is so great. Yeah, I'm not. Most of my speeches center around like how I'm such an idiot. So I think if you're going to be funny, I think you need to be it needs to be at your own expense. Right. Like you can't, I this is not the time. It's not a roast unless your friend tells you it's a roast. I think if you're going to be funny, you should you can tell some funny stories about your friend. But like I know for my wedding, I just want people to be nice to me. But that also brings up the like inside joke thing, which is yes. your speech is not about inside jokes. It should not be about inside jokes. I want to get into the types of speeches because I think right. that is one. Let's get in there. And I just want to nota bene, the conceit thing. I think they can be great. But yes, it ha they can have a huge pitfall. Unless your conceit is airtight, maybe, maybe don't go there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the types of speeches. Okay. So I think there's totally that inside joke. Remember that time there's that one. And it's usually, I'm sorry to say, but like a fraternity sorority situation. It's that whole, like, what is the point? It's like, well, you used to be this way in college or in high school. Right. Like, remember that? Yeah. I, I just, it alienates everyone. Yeah. You can tell inside jokes, but just like give the reason, give, paint us the whole picture, let us in on the joke. And yeah. then it becomes, otherwise it's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. Such a strange choice. It's not, shouldn't be that hard to just like explain why the situation was worthy of you t talking about it in public. Well, and I think like the reason why people do it is they feel like I'm, I, this is a speech for my friend, not mm -hmm. for the entire wedding. 
you know, so it's like they're putting in these inside jokes because they think they're so personal, but it's yeah. like, no, 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 your audience is not just your best friend. Your audience is all these people who you've never met before, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. which is like, it is and it isn't, you know, it's gotta be both. It's, yeah. a, it's a speech. It's a speech. God it's damn not it. like, it's not people you've, we've all grown up hearing speeches of some kind. It's like, uh, Anyway, okay, so nope. the inside joke speech—that's a no-no. Yeah, I mean that's no or yes. I just think it's um, these are. I was trying to write down all the types, all the big types of speeches. Some yeah. of you know. Do you have any? I will. I can go on. Well, no, you go, and then I'll just pepper in my judgment. Um, the you know the one that you know is going to be off the rails because there's no paper. They're up yep. there, no paper. Usually that one veers into like um, can be. Uh, if it's a friend, like uh, embarrassing and inappropriate. And like, sometimes I went to a wedding, a wedding that I went to last year. Some, I mean, the speech was funny, but it was like, he opened with a story about the groom, like on the toilet. It's just oh, not, the time. not no, the time. No, guys, toilet humor. This is not no. a spot for toilet humor. It's really not. But I'm also like anti-scatological humor generally. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I just am like, that stuff isn't that fucking funny. So definitely yeah. don't put that in the speech. Okay, so the paperless speech, I totally agree. But then there are just some people who are virtuosic. Yes. Like my friend Mark Cotter gives the most incredible speeches. Yes, he's using it as an excuse to give his stand-up routine. But like, they're very good. He never uses a piece of paper yes. and he leave astonished. So I think, right. it, but, but th there is the virtuosic quality, but usually it's like, oh boy. Yeah, but those guys, I've got a friend like that too. They're so rare. They're so rare. So and rare. I'm still scared when they go up there. I'm still scared, you know, and yeah. then it, it ends well. But for the most part, it doesn't. Well, and also um, I think like you're so scared that then actually the speech just has to cross a certain threshold because you're just trying to cross the threshold of relief. You yeah. know, it's like the speech actually on its own might not even be that fantastic. You're just like, oh, I'm so relieved that this person made it through and didn't make us sit through 16 minutes of their routine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Oof. I, we, we've uh, had a doozy uh, a couple weddings ago, which I shan't talk about here because it's just too embarrassing. Um, we mentioned this, but the one that just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, when you okay, on the one hand, I'm like, yes, you have to have a piece of paper. On the other hand, yeah, a piece of paper. I mean, when I see 16 pages, like when I'm yeah. counting, yeah, when I'm counting, unless your font is gigantic, then I'm like, okay, which, okay, okay. Which also, like, please make your font gigantic. Yeah, that's People, a good like, point. I made it. It's just one page and it's like size eight, single spaced. I don't <laughs> understand. You're just, you know, you're really creating a challenge for yourself. I always make mine huge, double-spaced. Yeah. I want to like be able to actually see. I don't know what the light's going to be like in there. Hopefully dark. Hopefully dim. Hopefully <laughs> very dim. Um, so here's one that I really kind of want to get into because for some reason I hate it so much. The two-for-one. Like the double, like the, the two friends speaking. Speech. Oh, okay. What do you hate about it? I just feel like it's never good. It's the, I mean, from a technical standpoint, there's like the, the gap, the slight gap between just like passing the mic back and forth screws up the timing of oh, any joke. Yeah. It's it just, it's weird to watch two people who are not actors try and 
try and like recreate their energy in front of people. Like if you and I did it, it would yeah. be great, <laughs> but it's just becomes a thing. And then it's like the, Oh wait, sorry. That was your line. No, no, no here. And oh. I don't want it. <laughs> it I, Chris and I went to a wedding where two brothers did that. And actually it was so insane that I, at one point I was like, Oh, this is, um, it's on purpose. This is hilarious. I thought they were doing it intentionally. Like they kept getting so mad at each other. Like, it's not your line. Oh, no, give That's it to me. Such no, a good bit. Oh, it's such a good bit. I was like, they're geniuses. Oh my yeah. god, maybe you and I should like we should like yeah, recreate should, like a should. friend's wedding toast. That's very funny. Oh, let's post these. Let's make some videos. We could do uh, each each type. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh, we have to do that. Okay. Good call. Good call. Yeah, guys, our our video content game is coming back. That's right. That, so I think it's uh, yeah 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 yeah. If you're passing it back and forth, absolute outright disaster. Cannot do. If it's a half and half, I mean, the truth of the matter is that like basically the groom or the bride or whatever just felt bad about only asking one of you guys to speak. So instead she said, would you guys both speak together? Or maybe yes. people are so scared of being up there by themselves that they're like, oh, well, he's also doing one. Like maybe we could just do it together. You know? Yeah. yeah I don't think I've ever seen one that was good. Yeah. No. I mean, those tend to work better if they're not funny. Like if, if they're just like, a friend of mine at her wedding last month, her two younger brothers spoke together and they were just so, so sweet and spoke so intelligent and spoke so like, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was beautiful. And I, I noticed also, the like mic passing. It's, it's when it's, there's like a lead up when it's like, yeah. and then she said, pass the mic. Right. It's so it's awkward. So bad. It's so bad. And then I also always feel like the person who's not speaking then like isn't quite sure what to like do with their body or their eyes. They're like, do I look out at the crowd? Do I look at my yeah. while she's talking? Like, <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. And also usually one of them is like holding the mic way too close to their mouth. So there's also like, it's jarring. Like yes. it's really loud whenever they oh, speak. Like and then I'm like, oh my God, I, you, whatever you're saying is probably great, but I'm bracing myself for whenever you get the mic because I know it's going to be Mayhem. so loud. Yeah. It's like, it just doubles by having two people. You're just like doubling the number of potential pitfalls. I have been at a wedding where it was a six person speech. So put oh, that no. in your pipe and smoke it. What does <laughs> describe? Six best, six best girlfriends. I'll give them a one mic. Six girls on the mic. Yeah. I say my line and then I pass it on to the next person. And then she says her line and then she passes it on to the next person. It was, it was really. And then I think it was like the mic made its way up and it made its way down. And it was just such, oh God. I mean, oh, God. in what other scenario does that work as like a performance form? No. Well, it's also like, imagine like being invited to a conference, right? It's like the only other yeah, place you might get yeah. like you're invited to a conference. And it's like, yeah. I'm going to speak really quickly on the part of my paper and then I'm just going to pass it over to her. Yeah. So. And, like, and the day, but it's usually, it's not even just my opinion. It's like, right. if it was written together, it's like, and um, the data we received from um, the research this month was, that's Mike. Yeah. You know, we collected <laughs> just so stupid. Just have one person say their opinion. Oh God. It's Once again, weird. infantilizing, infantilizing, you know, it's very childish. If it, it's not, if it, if it's not how you would naturally speak on, even on your best day, don't give a speech like that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you were kind of into the open mic idea. Like, have you been to successful open mic weddings? 
No, but I've been to successful kind of loose, fun and loose rehearsal dinner weddings where it's like, yeah, this kind of speech is totally appropriate. Uh, went to one where a guy who was not a full-time stand-up does do stand-up gave this speech that like will go down in history is one of the funniest things I've ever heard would not have been appropriate at the wedding probably wasn't that appropriate at the rehearsal dinner would be super appropriate at just an open mic for friends which is what Uh. I'm trying to do (laughs) he basically just got up there did I tell you this and it was all it was all he gave the history of his friendship with the with the groom and it was just all fake it was just like a it was the story of their lives that he had just written and it was so detailed I love that it was so funny I mean, right. It's like, it's so funny. It's not necessarily that personal. Right. Yes. It was absurd. It was absurdist. But that's, I mean, I think a lot of people did not like it. That's just me like applauding someone subverting the form. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, speaking of subverting the form, like what? Okay. So it sounds like you kind of think certain topics are off limits. I just don't want to, I don't want to offend the people that we're celebrating. Yes. If you want to be funny, I think totally. Um, well, if are you're saying in the open mic, are there things that are off? No, no. I'll open mic. I think the whole it's like if you do an actual open mic that's just for right. friends, nothing should be off limits. Right. But like at an actual wedding, like I, I don't know. I sort of feel like as long as the people who you're asking to speak are, I don't know, generally have like a modicum of respect. I don't know, though. Fine. But I'm also like, no couple should be that in the dark about each other's pasts that like bringing up an ex in a speech is that big of a deal. But then, well, Harry's very much like, no, I think like certain things are just a no go. It's like there's no reason to discuss an ex at a wedding. Yeah. I'm like, but what if there is a reason? Yeah. If there (laughs) is a reason, then it's great. Like Chris officiated this wedding. Um, and it was his, one of his very good friends from college, marrying one of his friends from middle school who he dated and the groom's name, Chris. So Chris, I, you know, kind of wrote a lot of Chris's speech, but I was like, you have to say like, hi guys. I, you know, I'm Chris 1.1.0. Like I, (laughs) right. It's like, but that's what I mean. That's why I think like, right. It's sweet and it's funny and it is still very personal. Right. It's of course I don't need to be like. Yeah, you don't want the guy to get up there and be like, wow, remember that time you dated that girl, Heather, and she had huge, perfect tits? Like, yeah, no, no that's off limits. But it's like, you know, I think I think creating like blanket statements of what should not be done is not helpful. Yeah, I just think if you really sat down and you think anything you might want to say could potentially embarrass that person, not the couple, but like their family. Like, yeah. you know, I've seen someone give a brilliant speech where so funny, but they said things about the groom about like they made jokes about like him kind of being a gold digger. Like it just it was, oh, it was bad. God. It was bad. Yeah. Um, Yo, I went to a wedding where something like that happened, too. And that's like, no, no. Right. There's no place for that. No. And like, sure. Yes, there is a place. It's called the open mic or it's called like on your text on your bro text thread, but not not in front of that person's family whom you don't know. And also, like, maybe not in front of the bride either, because that might be really hurtful. Yeah. There's the speech type of 
well, you you already said this, but the whole thing is just like delivered straight to the bride or the groom and no one knows what's going on. And oftentimes it's like really quiet. It's like, wait, oh my God, in that time when you said that thing and oh, oh my God, that was so fun. And just like locked in eye contact with the person. It's like, right. what, why are we all here? Well, it's also like, I feel like sometimes those are very intimate in a way that you're like, oh, you're kind of like trying to say all the things that like maybe you never said before. Right. Like, you know, it's sort of like, this is like my last chance to like really say this thing to this person who I love so much. It's like, yeah, it's very, in almost like a little too intimate to watch at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing I like, I've kind of been thinking about it now that I pl I'm planning my wedding, like, what do I want, you know, on the flip side, like, what do I want to hear? What kind of speech do I want to be given? And like, I'm a fucking... <laughs> needy selfish bitch and i want like just people to just i don't want to be showered in compliments yeah totally yeah <laughs> you know like, i don't want to be made to feel even the least bit uncomfortable i don't think right you just want it to be like you're both fucking perfect tens in every respect you go know? off <laughs> right? life has been very difficult especially you know the past two years like just i don't I get knocked down every day. I don't need it to be on my wedding. Yeah, totally. Just let me live in this illusion that like everything's great for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay, noted, noted. No, no, no. You're allowed to like, you wouldn't say, you would make me laugh in a good way. Like you're not, I don't know. There's... But I think you're right. No, of course you want that. You want, you want to feel good. God, we all just want to feel good, yeah, man. want to feel good. Yep um um was there anything else i don't know if i have any other good points to make about about the wedding speech but i feel like you've got tons so keep rolling them out oh my god um Wait, hold on one thing my one thing that i did want to say is like can we please break the mold of only women giving speeches for women and only men giving speeches for men yeah i i find that really oh it's just sexist and it makes me really annoyed yeah. Like, have yeah. you ever given a speech at a man's wedding? No. Has Chris ever given a speech at a one of his female friends' weddings? Well, technically, since he was friends with the bride and groom in that situation I just spoke about. Yeah. But I do think we're going to have some of Chris's friends who are women speak at our wedding, or at least our Good. open mic. Open mic. I hope so. Um, but we're just calling it an open mic. Yeah. This is I the mean, open mic, guys. That's right. <laughs> If there's this, if there is a problem with the microphone, why you know why can't I be the one? I always imagine that I'll be the one be like someone fix it, but then I don't have the balls to say that. There's oh. nothing worse than like a, you know sound disturbances. I think this is like a good question. Is like are you are you like the vocal person? Like are I'm I definitely am. I'm definitely the yeah, person. You are. Who be like fix the mic or yeah. you know you're we can't hear you because everyone's thinking it and nobody's saying it. And so, okay. Yeah. If you are giving a speech and you hear a mic disturbance, what do you do? Oh, if I'm giving it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'll be like, guys, can we, I definitely point, I make it, I like to make a point of it. I don't want it to be like, then it becomes this elephant in the room where like, she's not talking about it, but everyone in the audience is talking about it. You have yeah. to acknowledge what is happening. You have to acknowledge it. Acknowledge the truth. I'd be like, guys, something's up with the mic. Pro like, let me see if I can project or like, can we get someone to fix this? 
crack yeah, some jokes. I, I think you're, I think a lot of people are just like, it'll just go away. If right, I don't say anything about it, I just have to keep going. Yeah. Have you ever taken a beta blocker? Oh, hell yeah. Really? Yeah, of course. In my life, actually, I took a beta blocker. I gave a speech for my mom got the Disney Legend Award and she basically got stuck in New York mm -hmm. and I happened to be in LA. So I went and gave it and I was so nervous. So I did take a beta blocker. Had you ever taken one before? Um, before then, I'm not sure. I've, oh, I have taken one before I've sung in certain situations. Why because so, like? so for people who don't know a beta blocker, they often call it like the actor's drug. And I've not taken them very frequently, but when I have, they have very much helped in situations where I've been extraordinarily nervous. And I'm not super prone to nervousness, but then when it does hit, it's a very physical. And yeah. so basically a beta blocker, it's like, it doesn't stop you from being nervous, but it stops you from the physical responses. So like if you are prone to getting red, like I will, mm -hmm. I will literally like erupt in red splotches on my chest, which me then too. I'm like, when I realize that that's happening, it's very hard for me to just push through and like do my work. Mm -hmm. So it'll stop that. It'll stop you from feeling like as nervous in your stomach. Just so like your brain is still going and your brain is still doing the thing. But when you stop feeling those nervous responses, right. your brain then is like kind of able to relax. So Yes, if you're a person who gets super nervous before giving speeches, take a fucking beta blocker. Oh my god! But I think I'm going to be so nervous about how the beta blocker is going to feel before the first time I take it. Yes, because I felt the same the same way before I took one for the first time. Take one just like on a yeah. normal Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. But exciting things don't happen on Tuesdays. Like take one at a normal time, and you'll see you won't feel anything at all because you're not nervous, and then. Mm -hmm in a situation where you would be nervous, you'll be like, huh, I'm just like weirdly not feeling that much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they're, great. They're, they are really incredible. And apparently I think women, women are much more prone to having like those external exhibitions of nervousness, like a voice that kind of gets a little bit, little bit tremulous, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. they're very, they're, they can be really helpful. Maybe I'll just have a bowl of them at the open mic. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just have a lot of booze. Oh, you know, just quick shout out to one type of speech that we didn't, we only glossed over, which is the prop speech, but when it's done well. Okay. I've been to a couple of weddings where I've seen um, like almost like weird treasure hunt. They'll be like, and you know, it's giving riddles to the bride and groom that they, not ones that are super hard, but then they have to answer it or they point to a person and that person like under their chair, all of a sudden there's a, there's a clue that they have to read or that's cool. or like objects from this person's past or little gifts sometimes is nice. Um, but not, not like a big, not a, a big, big prop. Like, I mean, I've never been to a wedding where it's like, a, well, I don't I think know. It's like if you brought a bag of props or like you're sent, I don't know. It just, it's a clown show. Yeah. I mean, I love no. a clown show, but you I know, do. it's like, it kind of becomes, but I agree. I think like if it's really woven in well, like if there's a real point to them, great. But if it's like you were just lazy and so you, I don't know. I just think generally the prop and slideshow is, well, but I also, I prop like, slide. I like language. So yes. Um, well, I think we covered a lot of ground. I think we should end by saying we didn't, we somehow within this hour didn't mention it once. And if you are a fan of the show, we've, we've mentioned it this season, but again, don't use your phone to give a speech. Your phone. Yes, correct. Don't use your phone to give I'm, a speech. 
I know it's like normal now for people to use their phones giving other types of speeches, but at a wedding, for me, it is, it's not, it doesn't look right. Something ain't right. It it's just looks stupid. And it's sometimes you won't, you can't see, you don't, again, you don't know the lights, just print out your speech. Well, guys, um, so if you got any, any parting words, gifts. no parting words, we forgot to talk about what we ate this week, but I think it's okay. I didn't eat anything that exciting. So we can do it next week. I ate my words. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, yeah, we can do a double next week. A right? double. Oh, yeah. Double what we, we ate. Twice. Yeah, it was like a double episode. I don't think I can do that. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. If you have thoughts, if you think we were wrong about the speeches, let us know. Hit us up in our DMs. Yeah, tell us what we missed and we will cover it. Maybe on get on a chip hour. We got to do a chip hour. I know. When I'm back, we'll do a chip hour. Okay. Love you guys. Love yourself. Bye. Bye.